when you realize that you're you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, it actually alleviates a lot of pressure. Hello, and welcome to the Grow and Behold podcast, where I chat with women in business about their stories, stresses, and successes. My name is Renee. I read 25 books last year, and today I'm joined by writer and author Brittany Thompson. Come hang out with us as we talk about writer's block, showing up for yourself, and more. Oh boy, am I excited about today's conversation. This is the podcast's first author as a guest. Personally, as someone who likes to write and loves to read, I was so excited for the opportunity to sit down and chat with Brittany about her story and experience in publishing her first book. Brittany lives in Kamloops with her family on a hobby farm, including a bunch of big dogs, goats, ducks, and chickens. I mean, come on, we love her already, am I right? Brittany, or Brett as she goes by, has just published her first novel in October of 2023 by the title I Knew You Were Trouble. Her book is a will-they-won't-they slow burn that has humor, hockey, and dogs. What else could you want? All right, speaking of stories, let's get into it. Hi, Brett. Welcome to the Grow and Behold podcast. Yes, thank you. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on your debut novel. <laughs> How does that sound? Is it, It's a few months now, but like, does that still sound surreal or are you like just owning that author title? <laughs> um, very surreal. There's uh, that term like uh, imposter syndrome that I've been experiencing and still almost shy to refer to myself as an author. Um, so I'm kind of casually dipping my toes into, oh, I wrote a book. You should check it out. Uh, but it's very exciting and I'm proud and, and happy. Ah, well, I'm so proud of you too. We we are very familiar on this podcast with the term imposter syndrome. <laughs> we talk about it all the time, most almost every episode, not really, but it always comes up in some way because it is just such like a normal part of putting yourself out there, being a business owner, being a writer, all of that, being a human, really. Yeah, really. <laughs> Um, okay, so now before we get into your book and your journey as an author, I'd love to know a little bit more about you and who you are as a person. Um, can you tell me, like, where did you grow up? Like, what? who are you? What? What's your life like? Yeah, um, well, thanks for asking. I actually grew up in Ontario. Um, I spent the first 12 years of my life there, and then my dad works oil field so he moved us out west with my mom my siblings um i think i moved to kamloops when i was 15 and so i've been living here ever since um but yeah i grew up always very tomboy playing sports i grew up playing a lot of competitive hockey um always kind of hanging out with the boys and it wasn't until early adulthood that i really channeled my inner woman I suppose and started wearing makeup and doing things like that but yeah um kind of been living here for the past 15 years and we're on to a new adventure and moving to Alberta next month so it'll be a big change but we're excited that is very exciting big moves are always such like a I think they say like there's like three or four things that are like just such a big shock to your system and one of them is like like a birth, a death, a marriage, and maybe a, a the move. I don't know if marriage is up there, but I mean, I, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, marriage and divorce. It's the top stressful things or something. 
Yes, you're right. Divorce, probably maybe more than marriage. But yeah, moving is one of the ones that was up there. We made a big move five years ago from like the big city of Vancouver to this little tiny town of Lumbee. So it was like, it was a big shift. That's a, that's a huge shift. Yeah. Culture shock. Very much so. <laughs> no regrets. We love it. We love the small town life. But it was really like, where are the restaurants? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you get eating your own meals and eating out when it's a special occasion. Totally. Um, and so now you also have a full-time job, right? Is that right? Other than being a writer? That's correct. I work full-time as a psychiatric nurse. So I was working in the hospital for five and a half years in the psychiatric unit. Um, and then I would kind of specialize in the pediatric psych unit. And then a year ago, I took a job in community. So working in mental health and substance use, working there. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's very busy. It's taxing and it's emotionally sometimes overwhelming, but also very rewarding. Amazing. And tell me about your home life. You live on a hobby farm, is that right? Yes. Yeah, we um, we bought this property the summer of 2019. Um, we had one little baby at the time and now we have three. And yeah, we have goats, chickens, ducks, and then we used to have bunnies, but not so much anymore. And of course we have our dogs and cats. So we are one of those kind of crazy dog people and knew that we wanted more than just two. So we needed a bigger property to be able to have everything that we wanted. And you have five large breed dogs. Yes. Yes. I'm yeah. jealous. First of all, I'm very jealous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Um, some people are either like, I'm jealous and wow, that's wild. Or like, oh, you must have a screw loose a little bit to be able to maintain that many. But um, yeah, we, we have two big shepherds, two labs and one retriever. So, I mean, it's kind of the dream, really. A hundred percent. And are you moving everybody over to Alberta? That's a lot of a lot of buddies to move. There's a lot of buddies. We're moving everybody except for the chickens and ducks. We're keeping those kind of with the property. But the dogs, cats, and goats are coming with. We're moving to another um, acreage in Alberta. Um, it's kind of, it's not set up as a hobby farm, so we have to build our own fencing and, and things like that. But um, yeah, we can't part with any of those. No, of course. And... I mean, I guess my question is like, how do you do it? How do you have a full-time job, a hobby farm, children, family, husband, and then also find time to write a gosh darn novel? <laughs> it's funny. That's kind of what people have been asking me recently because it's it's true and it's, it's hard to kind of carve out that time. And then sometimes you feel guilty um, taking some of that time for yourself whenever you're like, oh, should I be like spending time with my kids? Should I be spending time with my husband? Should I be walking the dogs? Things like that. And I've found that when you are able to divide your time as equally as possible with all the things that make you happy, it makes you more wholesome and it makes you a better mom. It makes you a better wife because you're feeling fulfilled. Um, and I, I found that whenever I was working at the hospital, I worked a lot of night shifts um, and that's whenever I would get a lot of my writing in. So it would be quiet on the ward and I would just type away and then obviously deal with my patients as they came. But that's where I fit a lot of time in. And since starting this new job, it's just day shift Monday to Friday. I have a lot less 
time because I'm not working nights. Um, so I try and write either on my lunch break or in the evenings after my kids have gone to bed. But um, I, I'm, I'm working on a second book. So it's it's definitely, I have a lot less time. So I'm really having to be more strategic with where I carve that out. I loved what you said about how it like contributes to you feeling whole. Whereas I think there's a lot of like, when people own a business or writing, it's a lot of like guilt about taking time away from your family or from other things in your life. And um, I full heartedly agree with, with what you said is that it is important to do those things for yourself, to follow those dreams um, and, you know, work-life balance, whatever that is, just kind of like figure it out along the way. Yeah, exactly. You said it. Um, otherwise, you're kind of always living that life of like, oh, one day I'll write a book or oh, one day I'll start my business. But if you change your mindset to, well, why don't I just do it now? And why don't I try and make the most of my life right now? I mean, you only have the one life. I know that's like a, a cliche, but why not spend it doing the, the things that you want to do? And writing for me started out as a hobby and I never thought that it would be something that I would actually publish. And so now that I'm like, okay, like there could actually be something here. Um, it, it just makes more sense to do something that feels fulfilling and can be rewarding. And like, what was that? I mean, maybe it's not a light bulb moment, but like, what was that moment where you were like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to publish a book instead of just writing as a hobby. Um, so it started out, I, I was a little bit bored on my first maternity leave. I went off uh, early because I had a high risk pregnancy. And so I just had a lot of time to like, okay, what do I want to do? Like, I've always wanted to write a book, um, whether it be like children's books or just anything. Um, I am the type of person that I thrive on lists. Um, even on our honeymoon, I journaled every single day while I was on the honeymoon so that I could always remember what we did. And so it just was always natural for me to always be writing. And then I thought of a story and then I just thought, oh, this would actually be a really cool movie or book. I'm just going to go for it. And I, I bought a couple books of like how to write a novel and those types of things and was looking on Pinterest and all that, you know, inspirational stuff. And I just started typing and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to write it as a book and I'm just going to print it and have it bound. Like, I'm just going to print it, put three hole punches and tie it together and that'll be that. And then once I heard of being able to like self-publish and different things like that, I thought, oh, maybe there's a way that I could do this without just having it kind of old school paper and twine and uh, went from there. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about your book for a bit. Um, it's called I Knew You Would Be Trouble. Can you give us just like a quick summary about the story? Yeah, so it's a romantic comedy. It's very lighthearted. It's fun. Um, I feel like it's for everybody, but obviously it's not for everyone. Um, but it's about two neighbors, uh, male and female. So Alec and Blake. Blake moves in next door and um, they're both in their own independent uh, romantic relationships with other people. But Alec and Blake just build an incredible friendship with one another. Um, very platonic, the type of friendship where you can tell somebody everything. They go for beer and wings all the time. They play hockey together. They walk their dogs together, all those types of things. And then 
eventually somebody ends up catching feelings and it's kind of navigating that respect for the other person, respect for the other relationship and trying to honor your feelings. And, and it's uh it's a really lighthearted, fun, funny, uh, easy read. So. Mm, it does sound like a really fun read. I actually yeah. only just got into reading again last year before that. I, I don't know. I just didn't really, I'd read like one or two books a year. And now I'm like, I think last year I read 25 books, which I'm so proud of. <laughs> a lot. <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, thank you. <laughs> um, so that sounds great. Maybe I will be your next order. Hey, that would be awesome. Um, the title, I Knew You Would Be Trouble. Mm -hmm. Is it inspired by Taylor Swift's song? No, it's not, but that um, is definitely kind of the song that I've been using when promoting my book because it just fits so well. Um, it's it's actually just kind of like a line from the book that I thought actually summarized it really well. And um, yeah, it's kind of Alex's first impression of Blake. When he first saw her, he was kind of like, oh, like she's she's going to be trouble. And so that's kind of where that stems from. Um, but the Taylor song just fits perfectly, especially with her blowing up right now. Okay, I love when the title of the book is in the book or movies. It right. is my favorite thing when you're like reading or watching something and you see the title. I'm always like, yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. fun. <laughs> totally. Sorry sorry to spoil anyone who's going to read it that it's in there, but now they know how to look for it. <laughs> Um, what has it been like promoting your book? Like, do you ever feel self-conscious talking about something that you've created or, you know, like selling something to people? Does that ever feel weird? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I wasn't sure with my publishers how much, how hands-on they would be with helping me promote. They are based out of the UK. So I think that if I was in the UK, there would be more like, book signings and things kind of over there, it's really fallen on my shoulders to do everything. Um, and that's exactly it. Like I remember when the book first came out, I was very nervous and timid and shy and and like wondering, oh, what are people gonna think? Like, are people, you know, just gonna think like, oh, I could have written that or like, oh, anybody could write that or, or whatever. I was very, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? I'm proud. There's not a lot of people that can say that they've written a book. I'm just going to own that. And um, when you realize that you're you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, it actually alleviates a lot of pressure. And so I was just like, well, if people like it, great. And if people don't, then that's fine too. Like everyone's allowed to like what they want to like. And I'm just going to be proud of what I've put out there. That is huge. It takes it's such a struggle to realize that you're not everybody's cup of tea and to be okay with just kind of finding your niche and finding your people and then just like rocking with those people and not having to please everybody because obviously we never will. <laughs> and I well, saw, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, well said. You said that really well. <laughs> well, I just paraphrase you. <laughs> you said it well too. <laughs> Um, I saw on uh, Amazon that you have so far uh, a hand, like I think eight reviews and they're all five stars. Were you shocked as the reviews came rolling in? Yes. And you know what? There was another indie author that had shared something about how she was getting caught up and obsessed with 
not having a lot of reviews on her book, like less than 10 and becoming panicked that nobody was reading it and it's it's never going to become anything. And then she started to realize, you know what, um, even if I have less than 10, that's less than 10 people that read my work. And um, just because there's only X amount doesn't mean that there hasn't been more readers. There's a lot of people that don't actually post any type of reviews. Um, and so I wasn't even expecting that. I didn't even really realize that people review on Amazon. And so I went into um, selling and promoting my book without the expectation of a lot of reviews until afterwards, whenever I saw that that's a good way to promote a book, I was like, oh, okay, like maybe I should ask people to to leave a review. But um, those those handful there of eight, it was from friends, family, even some people that I didn't know. And so to have that feedback, I was like, wow, that's so flattering, validating, reassuring. Um, and I like whenever people are honest and on Goodreads, um, there's not five stars straight across the board. And I'm like, that's cool because it takes guts to put not a five star on there and for people to just be honest with their thoughts. And I appreciate that. So um, yeah, it was, it's, it's really, it's nice having those reviews, however they come in. Totally. And one thing I've definitely found using Goodreads is like my favorite thing. When I finish a book, I immediately hop on Goodreads. I give it my little rating and then I go check out the ratings that are like mine. Like I'm like, oh, who else really loved this book? But then I also love reading the ratings, like the one stars. I don't agree with them, but I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's cool. And so it just, it really makes it obvious that like, like you said, not everything is everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Like it doesn't mean that it's a bad book. It doesn't mean whatever, like some of my favorite books have a lot of one star reviews and it's just like, cool, it's for you. And it's not for, it's for me, it's not for you. Yeah. That's yeah. just kind of all, that's just part of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's for a lot of um, like artists industry, whether it be songs or movies or podcasts or whatever it might be, it's it's your own personal work. And so it's it's not meant to be for everybody. Totally. Hey, on that note, if you're listening right now, you should totally go give the podcast a review. I'm going to do a little sh shameless <laughs> plug here. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, so what's next? Do you have another book in the works? Oh my gosh, I'm actually blushing. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you look nice. Oh, thank um, you. But yeah, so I'm working on a second book. I'm about 150 pages in. Um, and it's completely different than my first book. I still like to write like romance. So there is definitely a, a romance theme. But um, it's based in Paris, and it's a mix of Emily in Paris, The Hills, whenever, like, Lauren and Whitney did their internship, meets Devil Wears Prada, meets Eat, Pray, Love. It's it's a really, it's, it's so much fun writing it. I'm having a blast, and it's amazing what you learn from your first book, and I feel like already I've developed my writing so much and so i i think that even this second book is going to be a lot of fun and um yeah showcase some different sides of my writing that sounds super cool what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you learned after writing your first book um i guess being patient i was very much once i knew that it was done i just wanted it out there and out in the world and i wanted it to just 
be in people's hands right away, but realizing that it's actually a really long process and being okay with, you know, taking the time to actually go through the edits properly, um, making sure that everything's done properly, um, because it's, it's so easy to just be like complacent and just be like, ah, I'm sure those edits are fine. It, it'll be, it's, it's fine. I just want it out there, but it's actually important to take that time to go through it and trust the process. And even if it takes longer than you were expecting, it'll be worth it. So I think that's what I'll have to keep in mind for the next one. Totally. Um, and I wanted to ask you about the the process of like creating a cover for a book. You know how they always say like, don't judge a book by its cover. Well, as somebody who finds a lot of her books in the thrift store, I judge them by the cover. <laughs> I honestly feel like I can tell from a cover if I'm gonna like the book or not. Like, I just, I don't know why I'm, I'm probably wrong there. Um, but what was that like? like finding an artist and just kind of like was there a lot of drafts involved or did they nail it right away yeah and i agree actually i think that it's important to have like a fun welcoming vibrant bright cover um and because a lot of people are like that and they do really hone in on what the book looks like um my publishing contract i was either able to source out my own artist and present a cover which I did not do, or I could go with their designers and they presented two or three different cover ideas. And then it was up to me to choose which one I liked. And this was the one I liked. I did make a couple little tweaks because the, the dogs that were on the cover weren't exactly what I was envisioning. So just change those. But with my next book, I think I'm actually going to have my sister design the cover. So that will be really cool working with her. Oh, that's so special. That would be so neat to have that collaboration. Yes. Is she, she's like an artist? Yeah, she's very creative. Um, she's very fashion forward. Um, she has a mind like, it's like she can see trends in the future before they happen, whether it be with media, social media, fashion, whatever it might be she just has this vision and she's incredibly talented with she can make like she makes handmade cards and um watercolor paintings and like mixed media art she's just i don't have that kind of i can't even draw a stick man so yeah she got the artist gene you got the writer's gene <laughs> yes um, okay so i wanted to ask you about book talk are you mm -hmm on and involved in book talk i wish that i was um i don't have TikTok. i'm not a big TikToker. i would i i would love to but it's just yeah it's not for me it's not my kind of cup of tea um but i am you know dipping my toes in instagram and kind of part of that whole bookish community and that kind of thing um so that's kind of where i've been honing in. And do you feel like it would be beneficial to kind of step out of your comfort zone and get into that um, platform, even though it's not your jam, just because it is such like a huge influence for readers and authors? Yeah, that's a great question. I've considered that. I was wondering if it might be more um, of an appeal when I have more than one book under my belt. I feel like I can only make so much content of either me promoting the book or, you know, I, I don't even know. And that's where my creativity um, lacks. Like that's where I would probably get my sister to help me because that's where she excels. But 
it's something that I've thought about for maybe whenever my second book comes out to really have more. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great question. That may be something I should consider. Yeah, I'm not like deeply ingrained in book talk. In fact, one of my friends um, started a book talk and then suddenly my whole feed, my For You page was all book talk stuff. So I was like, I got to stop engaging with her, <laughs> with her because it's taking over. Yeah. Um, but it is incredible. Like she's found, she's not even an author. She's just like an avid reader. And she's found this huge following. Like, wow. Like she just blew up. And I'm like, she's making money off of like, she does, wow. the, um, what's it called? The notation or... Is that what it's called oh, when you like say again annotations yes thank you she does that and then so she has like a, a link to amazon where you can buy her little tabs and everything and she like makes money off of that and i'm just like good for you girl um it's very it's just like it's huge <laughs> it, is, it is what she's doing that's for sure good for her yeah, I'm because I, I remember about like a year ago, she was like, I think I'm going to get into book talk. And now like she's she's just killing it. And so I would implore you to step out of that comfort zone. Give uh -huh. it a shot. There's no like formula. And, and the thing is, like, it's different. It's what it would be one thing if you were on TikTok and you were like already like in the app, you know, comfortable with posting and the content and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's even like a bigger step to like start a new platform, learn the platform and then learn book talk. Yes. But I, what I would say is that I find TikTok to be almost easier to use than Instagram. Maybe technically, like in a technical aspect, it may not be super easy. Um, but I find that the content people post on there is just like raw, like you, like I will post three times as much on TikTok than on Instagram because it's just, you can be like silly you don't have to wear makeup like it's just so different and you might love it you might not but that would be my suggestion because i feel like there's people out there who are just dying to support small authors and and like looking for new um books especially romance they're right. all about it <laughs> so anyways that's just my tidbit of advice. that's great advice yeah um but there can be a bit of a toxic side of book talk too. I find sometimes it's a little bit like anything, you know, like any social media, there can be some toxicity. Yes. Or down the hole scrolling. Yes. That is very dangerous. TikTok. Well, it's like the same if you get stuck on reels. Like my fiance doesn't have TikTok. He has Instagram. And so he'll watch reels and get stuck down that rabbit hole. But TikTok yeah. is the same where it's just like, I've wasted too many times, too many hours. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanted to ask you about writer's block. What is your experience with writer's block? Um, current. <laughs> so I find that it actually comes from a lack of inspiration. It comes from a lack of motivation. Um, so I feel like I keep notes on my phone all the time of like, okay, I want to include this. I want to include that. And every time I'm writing, I, I keep like a point form of all these ideas of what needs to come in the story. Um, but it's just that what we spoke about earlier, that carving out the time for it, that when I think about, okay, well, I don't have a set like hour where I can really just plug away. If I only have 10 minutes, oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth writing right now. I'll, I'll try tomorrow. Um, and I've found that 
then it just puts me further and further into a slump of not writing. And you have to almost really pull yourself out of it and get into the mindset of even just doing a little bit each day, which sometimes isn't realistic. But um, but yeah, I, I try to maybe watch like a different romance movie or or things like that to just spark that romantic brain to then be like, okay, I want to do that. Or when I kind of have a little bit of success on my current book, um, and people, someone writes a nice review or someone messages me saying, oh, I can't wait for your next book. Then I'm like, okay, I got to write because there's people that want the next one. But yeah. That's so funny. I feel the same. Sometimes I sit here and I'm like, what am I even doing? Like this is, this podcast is very much a passion project. It's, you know, there's not like money in it yet, yet <laughs> manifesting. <laughs> but then anytime somebody is like, hey, I love your podcast. I'm just like, like elated. <laughs> like I'm so excited. Yeah. But that's a note for anybody listening. If you love something, let them know whether it's a book or a podcast or a small business. Like share that love because it just lifts us up. <laughs> yep. Or that um that inspiration even more. Totally. Um and you made a really good point about just kind of like showing up. Sometimes that is the hardest step to do is just sitting down or standing up or whatever and and just showing up and and that's it like take it from there maybe nothing happens that day but if you show up maybe something might happen exactly yeah that's better you might write something that you weren't actually planning on writing and it's better than you could have imagined yeah and then maybe you sit down and you write something and it's totally trash but you've worked through those thoughts not that it's trash not you personally of course <laughs> but like you know maybe you sit down and you write or whatever it is and it's not great but you've you've taken the time and worked through those thoughts and then you've learned something from that whether it's that you you know don't want to write that or, or something like that so it's really just showing up i think is like so important to do yes i agree um, okay, so I saw somewhere, I think on your Instagram, that you said that you hated to not achieve a goal. Like it was one of your like, it just drives you nuts. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so that just happened. Um, I had been training and planning to run the Walt Disney World Marathon um, that just happened in January, like last month. Um, and I ended up tearing a muscle in my foot and then a, a tendon that ran up my shin that attached to my knee uh, about four weeks before the marathon. And I was just completely devastated because I had worked so hard, so much training and wasn't able to do it. And I have never not really met a goal before. I'm very goal driven, very dedicated. I persevere. Um, you know, so doing challenges like the 75 card challenge or things like that. If I set my mind to something, I always get it done. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, even something very small, like if I wake up one day and I say like, okay, I'm going to make sure I get all the laundry done today. I do. There, there's just, there's no excuse for me not doing what I say I'm going to do. Um, and so whenever I can't meet a goal, it literally feels like a part of my heart is like being dissolved. Like I just can't handle that. So it was a really big growth and learning for me to just accept that sometimes goals are meant to be worked at, but maybe not completed. Um, and that's okay too. And, and it's kind of learning how to navigate that. But if you have any 
tips on that. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm I am almost like the opposite where I think what it is is that I have I like I put too many things on my plate or or too many things on my list to do for the day. And over the years, I just I never I never complete my list for the day because there's way too many things like unhumanly <laughs> achievable amount of things that I want to get done every day. Yeah. And so there is a struggle, of course, where I'm like, oh, my God. But that feeling of like failing every day of like not good enough, didn't do what I wanted to is exhausting. And that's I think where sometimes my burnout comes from is just constantly feeling like you didn't do what you were supposed to. You wanted to do this this month and you didn't get it done. So I think for me, what really helps is focusing on what I did get done because it's not like I'm doing nothing over here. Like, <laughs> I yeah. am busy and I'm getting so much work done, but then my brain only thinks about the things that I didn't get done. And so I think just kind of taking the time to think like, oh no, you've done all the things that you were capable of doing in your little 24 hours that you're allowed every day. Um, and just kind of being okay with letting things happen when they're ready to happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and even just realizing that you're not a superhero or like someone like we're humans that require sleep, that require rest. And I just saw something today actually that said, and you know, those studies, like if they're actually real, but it says something like if you have one lazy day, um, one day a week, like out of the seven, you're, you're that much more productive throughout the, throughout the week because you have that time to like relax and take care of yourself. And so I've also tried to in incorporate that in my day of like, just making sure that I have an hour each day to just relax, whether it be to read or something for myself so that you can feel more charged to work on your to-do list or whatever. A hundred percent. I am like a huge advocate of rest being productive. I think yeah. it is so important, especially in this like world we live in where, again, as either a small business owner or as like an author who's juggling family and full-time jobs, like we all have so freaking much going on and it is exhausting. Um, and I think it's just like this productivity mentality of our society where it's like, go, go, go. You got to keep going and growing. And then not to mention, we've got like our cell phones that are just constantly asking for your attention and and providing us with a lot of comparison and so it's just like it's exhausted I'm tired all the time yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so in the last few years in particular I've really embraced like just chilling when you need to like particularly you know let's say about once a month or so um, I just don't have the energy and I've kind of embraced that that's a natural part of a cycle that women go through that like there are days where you literally do not have energy because your body is busy, busy doing, you know, whatever it's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so kind of embracing that fact that like, I, I think it's, it's like men are on like a 24 hour cycle and women are on a four week cycle, something like that. And don't quote me because I, I am not an expert on it, but society is based on the 24 hour cycle where you get up and you go every day. Yes. Whereas women, we have actual weeks or days of low energy. And so I think it's important to just kind of like listen to your body, mm -hmm. listen to your brain and your soul or anything and just kind of like respect that. Because if you just keep going, burnout is very real, very real. And I think a lot of us just exist in it. 
So mm -hmm. yeah, I really prioritize chilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is uh what's your favorite way to like unwind if you're gonna take a day off? Um I love to read. And sometimes whenever I'm just not wanting to use my brain to write, I just, I, I do, I love to read. Um, I love to exercise. I haven't been as much lately, especially in the winter months. It's a little bit more difficult, but um, obviously aside from spending time with my kids and dogs, I just like to really um, be with myself in a comfy, cozy spot and yeah, either exercising or reading. I can't ever have enough time to read. Yeah, it's it's funny when you find a good book and you just like like I usually read for an hour before bed. That's sort of my like time that yeah. I go and read. And when you've got a good book and you're like, man, I can't wait for bedtime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you pushing because you keep staying up later to read more and more? Totally. Yes. I have lost sleep for sure because of a good book. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, so I just got a couple more questions for you here. Um, something I like to ask everybody is if you could hop in a time machine and go back to like the beginning of your journey as an author, which may be hard to say when that is, but um, and then you could pass yourself a little note with some advice for mm -hmm. that journey that you're about to start. What would your note say to your past self? Oh, that's a fun question. Um... I think the advice would be just staying true to the story that I want to write. It's so easy getting caught up of like, oh, well, Megan Quinn writes her books this way and they're really successful. So I should try and write that way. Or, you know, BK Borson just came out with these love light series and it's all about blah, blah, blah. And so maybe I should make mine. And, and just realizing that your book is meant for, for you at the end of the day and, and telling a story that I wanted to tell. So just make sure that you stick to the way that you want to do it. And I mean, at the end of the day, I did do that, but it took a little while. Like it was like a battle throughout uh, trying to make sure like that I'm writing the story that I want to write. Um, but if I would have known that right from day one, then I wouldn't have had that, that mental battle throughout. That is so, yes, that's all I had. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think, you know, everybody in any industry, like any small business owners listening or just any people listening, it's like we always think there's a way that you have to do it. You know, like let's say you start making candles and then you're looking at other people online that are making candles and you're like, oh, I have to do that. You know, this is the way, quote unquote, the way you have to do it. And it's not like you are probably going to be more successful if you can find a way to do it your way as opposed to trying to fit into every other way that's already been done yeah exactly and you want to be proud at the mm -hmm. end of the how you did it totally yeah and it's not only more like i think like more likely to be successful but it's easier on your mental health as well <laughs> yes okay so i have a couple rapid fire questions for you correct uh doesn't mean you have to answer quick but <laughs> Um, what is your favorite book you read in the last year? I have two. Sure. Okay. One's fantasy. I loved fourth wing, um, last year. And then I also loved the nightingale, which was like a historical fiction, um, world war two. It was awesome. 
Cool. I, fourth wing is actually on my my list. Everyone is raving. It's all over Book Talk. You would know yeah. if you were there. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> um, okay, so you're taking notes for something. Do you use a keyboard or a pen and paper? Pen and paper. Nice. What is in the trunk of your car? A donation bag of clothes. Same. Oh, really? <laughs> Why do we all do that? <laughs> yeah, there's just that final step where you just have to let it go. Yeah, you're like, it's out of the house. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's that's important. Yes. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve in a book? Um, miscommunications between like the two main characters. Drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens in like movies and TV too, where you're like, why don't you just tell her why you're doing that? Like, oh, drives me. Do you have yeah. an example of that? Not to drag any books down, but. Oh, well, there was one I just read recently. I can't even think of it, but it was, it was just so something like so simple of um, like, them just not wanting to be open about their feelings and like dodging around like oh i like you i don't like you and i'm just like just if you both were honest with each other then this whole book would have been completely different i can't even really remember it i don't even think i've really read it because mm -hmm. you're like this could be two chapters and we'd be done yeah um okay so you're getting ready to go out for dinner or whatever in what order do you do hair makeup and outfit Hair, then makeup, then outfit. Oh, I nailed it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, if I'm going to do makeup. I don't want to get it on any clothes. So I get ready like in a robe. And then I, yeah, do my hair first because I don't like my hair if I leave it wet for too long. And then I try to blow dry it or something. It, it ends up looking like stringy and I have very thin, fine hair. So I have to blow dry it right away. Yeah, you know, I think I, I am the same. Hair... Makeup outfit. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I saw some debate online, so I thought maybe we'd have different answers, but you know what? That's probably the right way to do it. <laughs> um, awesome. And I have a playlist on Spotify called the Grow and Behold playlist, where I ask every guest on the podcast to contribute one or two songs that are their like pump up jams, their motivational songs for the days when we don't have energy, the ones that we'd already talked about. Uh, what songs would you have me put on there? Hey, look, mom, I made it by Panic at the Disco. Um, and Just Friends by Virginia to Vegas. Wow, those are like spot on. Like those are like for our whole conversation, for the, your book. Yeah, no, exactly. I love those songs. They definitely keep me motivated. Amazing. Great. I will put that on there. And then if you want to, if you ever need some pumping up um that playlist is getting long now but it's um it's so eclectic too which i love that's very cool that's a great idea yeah it's fun you know what? it was a bit selfish i think i did it for myself where i'm like please tell me <laughs> what your favorite songs are because i need yeah. some motivational tunes oh it's fine and when that's that works out really well <laughs> uh and where can people find you and your book if they're looking for it so I am on Instagram at Brittany Thompson author. So it's B-R-E-T-T-N-E-Y Thompson with a P and then author. And um, yeah, you can get my book anywhere um, that sells books. We're on Amazon, 
indigo.ca, Barnes and Nobles, um, everywhere. So yeah, we have Kindle and paperback. Amazing. I actually just ordered a Kindle, so I'm I'm very excited. Maybe that's where maybe that'll be my first Kindle book. <laughs> Love it. You, okay, one more question for the rapid fire. Paperbacks or Kindle? I always do one of each at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And then hardcover or uh, what's it called? Soft cover or paper? Paperback, soft cover. Um, I love the look of a hardcover, but I hate reading them. Hmm. Oh, so I find it, I like a paperback to read, but I love the look of a hardcover. Perfect. Well, thanks for those extra rapid fires there. Uh, and thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today and hang out with all of us listening. Um, I really appreciate it. It's been really great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. Have I told you how much I love you? Because I do. Deeply and truly, I have so much love for you and for every listener, follower, and subscriber. Podcasts are a little bit of a one-way conversation, but if you want to get to know each other a little bit better, come join me on Instagram or TikTok where we can engage and be better friends. You got this business, babe. Stay strong, rest when you need to, and read all the books.